Because as I was going through these topics, I got more confused and more confused. And up till now, I'm still confused. Praise the Lord. I said, praise the Lord. So that sounds unconventional, right? But I'm so confident that I'm in the right place. Praise the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. It's an interactive Wednesday. Maybe if it was on a Sunday, I would have just called a senior pastor and I've told, I would have just told him I can't make it to church. Praise the Lord. Because I have to wait more on the Lord. But since it's an interactive Wednesday, there is no fear. Once I see Captain Brown and I see Mama B and I see every other person, I am more than confident. Praise the name of the Lord. All right. Um, we'll start by reading the scriptures. Ephesians chapter 1 from verse 17 to 18 to 19. Ephesians 1, 17 to 19. On Sunday, we had a praise and prayer session. And when we left that meeting, and after I left the myself fellowship, something keeps coming to my mind. And really, I've always been a true believer of what the grace of the Lord can do or have always done. But over time, after that meeting on Sunday, I discovered of a truth that we possibly may have been trying too hard to please or to get what we want from the Lord, taking away the place where grace plays its own part. So for a very long time, the church have been taught that faith opens the door to everything. Is that correct? So we pray to God and we have faith. Even when things don't come our way, we seem to blame ourselves and say to ourselves, perhaps we didn't have enough faith to bring the things to pass. And then we forget so swiftly when the scripture says that even before we pray, even the Father in heaven does what? He knows what we're about to ask for. Now, Ephesians chapter 1 verse 17, this is what the scripture says. After we have been taught the essence and the place of hope in the Christendom on Sunday, even though it seems that we're praying through those words. Now, this is what the scripture says in Ephesians 1 verse 17. It says that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto everyone what is called the spirit of what? Wisdom and revelation in the what? In the knowledge of him or in the knowing of him. Verse 18 says, if you have that understanding and that knowledge, then the eyes of our understanding will be what? Enlightened. Now, I want you to please remember the vision of the church while it was being read. This is about fruits, bearing fruits and what? And roots. We need to have a high level of understanding in God's word. That is why we come here every Wednesday, I want to believe. It then says that the eyes of your understanding will both being enlightened or being opened or being revealed that we may do what? We may know what is what? The hope of his calling. Let's say that again. The what? The hope of his what? Calling. Let's say it one more time. The hope of his calling. Which is what? What? Which are also expected to also show us what? The riches of the glory of his inheritance in what? In the saints. Verse 19 went ahead to say, and also to enlighten us to know what is the 
exceeding greatness of his power towards us who what who believe according to the working of his what mighty power now read that very carefully it says that you may know what is the greatness of his own power working in us that believe according to the working of his own mighty power but verse 18 is where we're going to read and going to concentrate on the whole idea is that the eyes of our understanding will be what enlightened that we may know what is the what the hope of his calling praise the lord this evening after sunday we will be discussing or we'll be looking at the topic or the title of the topic which i've entitled the hope of his calling praise the name of the lord i say praise the name of the lord now the scripture made us to understand now abided faith now abided hope and now abided love so for a very long time we've settled on two of those three tripods of what the christian essence is supposed to be about so we've talked so much about love and we've even dwelt much more on the word faith but we've left what is called the word hope forgetting there is something called the hope of his calling now i'm going to first throw a question at us what is the reason in the first place that we were saved will it be we were just saved for saving sake because we were predestined to be saved was there a hope that god had on us when he saved us could it just be a random thing god decided to save 50 people in oregon and we we just fall out of the 50 by chance for no reason could god just pick you out of the lot for no reason without having a hope for what he has done could it just be possible no could it be possible most likely not and that is what is called the hope of his calling he saying you cannot even understand what that hope is until there is an enlightening or a knowledge of what we're supposed to grasp on praise the lord now abided love now abided faith and now also abided hope maybe we should start with this because this is what we started with um, one of the things we started with on <clears throat> in our self-fellowship which is what i really loved could we first put to bed the difference what we think is a difference between the word hope and the word faith now that may help us because just as i said earlier we've been trying to do so much work trying to work out our faith to receive from god forgetting that there's also something called hope in which the lord himself works with it's called faith and there's something also called hope could there be a difference between these two are they intertwined or could they have just could they just mean the same thing after all let's just start with that and then we're going to drill further to understand what in essence in totality is what is called the hope of his calling praise the lord could somebody help us is there a difference between the word faith and the word hope remember the senior pastor laid this on sunday and it gave me a new dimension of what we go through as christians really if you've ever demanded something from god 
and you know you need that thing so much. I've fallen in that category a couple of times. So you quote the scriptures or the word of God that you know concerning that. And so when we quote those scriptures and we walk in those words, and sometimes on Sunday you come to church on Wednesdays like this, and the word of the Lord comes concerning any situation you are looking unto the Lord for. And yet you keep waiting and keep waiting and keep waiting, or the things don't seem to be coming or falling in, in places. And what seemed to be a confident hope, is what seems to be a confident faith rather, easily fades off. Has anybody experienced that? You get to a point where you are only just praying that God will just do his will. Lord, I just hope you will just answer me. In the beginning, you had what? Faith. So you kept working in it. You kept faith in it. You kept quoting the word. But the more you were going towards the direction, everything seems to be going the other direction. In the place of prayer, you cannot even quote the word anymore. It just becomes, it just falling into a place where you are just, you, you know, your prayer just become a prayer of, is it supplication now? Or you are just begging God. Amen. What seems to be earlier, the prayer of, um, there's one they call the prayer of, um, peti what? No, not petition. In fact, when your faith is not faithy, you now start, you know, begging God. And, you know, just putting petition before him. Praise the Lord. Sir? Yes, claim. You know, when, when the word first comes, you ginger, Lord, by the word of the Lord. The Lord says, everything will fall unto me in pleasant places. So I declare that today is blessed. I declare, oh, anybody you see in that day, you say you are blessed because the word of the Lord is on me. You understand? Praise the Lord. But when, when the whole thing doesn't seem to be falling in pleasant places, the same word that you're telling God, Lord, you know your scripture says, by the time you say, Lord, you know your scripture, you remember you've quoted it over and over again. You just stop there and say, Lord, unto thee I commit my what? My spirit. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Now, that, will, that has fallen from faith to what? To hope. You're just hoping that the Lord will not, Lord, I just hope in this matter, Please don't just disgrace your own name. Praise the Lord. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Now you now start remembering what the scripture says. When the Bible says, for David's sake, you shall hear your people Israel. No more because you know the word. But because you have come to a place, you are only what? Hoping. So the Lord will come down to that hope level. Praise the name of the Lord. Praise God. Now that in itself gave me a sense that, you know, Sometimes I, I, I look at how God sometimes look at we Christians when we think we can have it all by ourselves. We're trying all our best, no doubt, because that is what the scripture says. But it may get to a point where things are not really falling. And then it begins to question the very calling that we were made well, that we made in the first place. Remember, when God called us, he called us into a life of confidence and assurance. When the, 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 the Lord that we profess, what seemed to be a disgrace to his name, seemed to be coming our way. That you cannot even fight the battle anymore by yourself. You have told your friends, your neighbors, your colleagues, your family that you are for God and for God alone. And you have left all. You've damned everything. They've given us alternative to things we should get, but we've said only God will fight this battle because we are confident. And it gets to a point where they remind us of that God you profess to be calling. 
and they remind you of how he has been failing you. And they remind us of how you will have been a better person if you had gone the other way. And then you begin to lose hope of that very call that you had in the first place. Sometimes it's not just losing hope. You begin to doubt that very call that you had in the first place. And sometimes you wish you missed the call. Praise the Lord. Maybe when God called you and you will have just, you know, be sleeping and missed the call. Maybe you will have been a better person. So sometimes we seem to question that hope that gave us, that call that gave us hope of a better future. Things are not falling yet in better places and there is, you know, there's room for us to question God. Amen. I have a colleague in the office and really he helps us a lot as Christians. Where two of us, when you bring up biblical, when you bring up any biblical um, argument, he comes in a secular way. And reality, you will know this person was born and bred a Christian. He has the word from beginning to the end. In fact, he's a Pharisee to the core. He can give you a reason to question your own self as a Christian. Praise the Lord. So when he comes with some angles, you begin to wonder and ask yourself, maybe this guy is even right in the first place. Amen. So he gives you reason to question your own self. And really, he doesn't do it you know, for the, you know, just to shame you as a Christian, but he brings his own perspective that is way different from yours and he gives you reason to question what you originally believed. And it has really always helped us, praise the Lord. So, but when you come to that point where you question your call, it's not a wrong thing in the first place. It's because you've come to a point where you cannot do it all by yourself. So you get to a point, the Lord promised you that he's going to keep you all the way. But it doesn't seem like it anymore. Sometimes it does. Sometimes it doesn't. It now seems as if you are not even sure if God is going to keep you the following day. So the book of Ephesians was saying, you need an enlightened heart to understand what that hope of calling is all about in the first place. There is a hope that God had in you. There was a hope that God had in me that when he calls you, that you are going to perform something that is going to bring glory to his name. We're going to read Ephesians very carefully, and you're going to see where he says that it may be to the glory of his own name. The hope, if we do not have understanding of the reason why we were called, we seem to lose hope of it originally, and we, because some, before then you will have lost faith in what you believed in. Only thing that may keep you in this race may be just that hope of what you don't even believe. First and foremost, as I said, let's just start by asking ourselves this question. Then we'll go deeper into what we want to discuss today. Can somebody explain in details, in as much as you know, the difference between faith and the word hope? Faith and the word hope. Remember, the Bible says, now abided faith, love, and hope, but the greatest is what? Is love. What could be the difference between faith and hope? Anybody? Difference. Faith and hope. That is going to help us start with. Amen. Captain Brown, you were there when we started all these things. Amen. All right, let's hear you. Um, I believe from Hebrews 11.1, 1, it says, Faith is a substance of things hoped for. That means faith is a confident kind of hope. So, um, yeah. Faith is hope with a confidence. That's the difference. Praise the Lord. Say that again. I said, um, faith is hope with a confidence. 
because faith is a substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. So faith is a step higher than hope. So a confidence kind of hope is faith. A confidence kind of hope is faith. Praise the Lord. Let's appreciate him better, Rob. Any other person? Difference between faith and hope. Sister Lydie. Praise God. I think, um, just to add to what Captain Brown said, um, what makes faith the confidence type of hope is because when it is faith, you have, you have a word. You, there is a strong conviction you have a word. But when it is hope, you might not have a word, but maybe you just trust. You don't have a word. You're not, you don't have a word you're holding on to, but you just trust that God can do it. Praise the Lord. Let's appreciate her. In addition, she has just added that faith is hinged on a spoken word, right? Is that, like, is that correct? Yes. That hope may not be necessarily hinged on a spoken word, but just a trust on something, perhaps something you've heard before, or something that has happened successfully to another person. Amen. Any other person? Okay, now the backbenchers are talking. Praise the Lord. I thought the front benchers are supposed to be the one raising their hands. Amen. Amen. I just want to add to what like they said. I think hope is trusting in him, like trusting in God. But faith is you have a word from God or you have a written word that you're backing on or you're hoping, no, not lack of, <laughs> that, that you're resting on. But hope is when you've, you don't have a word, but you're trusting that is God and is going to do it. Hey, so hope is you are believing it is God that is going to do it, even whether he said anything or not. But faith is that God said a particular thing that you are holding on to. Praise the Lord. Okay, Bradley, you want to say something? Okay. I try to be basic about it. Okay. Hope is an expectation. Hope is an expectation. Okay. Faith is just a conviction. Faith is a what? Conviction. Conviction. Praise the Lord. Wow, wow. That's good. That's good. That's good. Faith. Faith. Hope is what? Expectation, right? And faith Faith is is a conviction. conviction. Praise the Lord. Sorry, let me write it down and quote Bradley. Honestly, that's the best one. Yes expectation and conviction. So when your conviction wanes, when your conviction is dying, you now settle for expectation. Praise the Lord. That's what Pastor Etefia was saying. Can I tell a story? Yes, sir. I want to explain it from a story. How many of you remember the Syrophoenician woman? The Syrophoenician woman went to the disciples and says, my daughter is ill, I want to be healed. And she was troubling them and the Lord heard them. And they said, let's drive her away. The Lord says, no. So he said, what do you want? Say, my daughter is sick. I want you to heal. And the Lord said what to her? He said, the bread is for the children, not for the dogs. When she was saying, I want you to heal my daughter, what did she have? Is it hope or faith? She had faith. When he knocked down her faith, that the bread is for the children, not for the dogs. You know what she did? She settled for hope. He said, at least if the bread fall down, I hope you will let the little dogs keep what fell down. (laughs) And you know what Jesus did? 
what she hoped for, she got. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. All right, I think that's the best example I've heard, really. Um, now, this is very important because in the Christian race, when we don't seem to be channeling the course aright, or seems things not falling in pleasant places, there are chances that we may lose both faith and hope. We'll throw everything away. The whole essence between Sunday and today is to try to remind us or to encourage us that we need not throw away the faith that we had originally. Even remember you had your, remember we had our salvation through faith. Remember, the Bible says without faith is even impossible for anyone to please God. Now, let me read Ephesians chapter 4 verse 4. Then we'll continue that. Ephesians 4 verse 4 says, There is one body and one spirit, even as you were called in one hope of what? Your calling. There is one body and what? One spirit, even as we're called in one hope of your calling. Now, just like everyone have said, I want us to have a grasp of faith. Faith is good. Hope is good. As we always know, we always, always know that faith seems to be the higher level of hope. But just as it is well said, faith can be benched on a spoken word. And remember, when we're talking about faith in this aspect, we're not just talking about words spoken by men. It must be hinged on the word of the Lord and the word of the Lord only. Only that makes it to be what? To be faith. Just as the senior pastor said, the woman had an expectation. She went knowing what she's going to get by the reason of what is written down. But when Jesus now told her that this bread is only meant for the children, and then she had to understand that I may not fall amongst the world, the children. Faith that she had before then had gone. And so she had to settle for what is going to come. And the reality here is sometimes even though we settle for what is going to come, that doesn't make us less of a better Christian. The Bible says in Jeremiah 29 verse 11, which we read uh, on Sunday, it says that God is going to give us a future and a word and a hope. His expectation or his target is to give us a what? A future and a what? And a hope. He did promise us a future when God called us. And he also expects us to have hope in the very calling. Now, let's now delve deeper in what could be the true calling of the true hope of his calling. Now, Ephesians 1 verse 17. Let's go back to Ephesians 1 17. Now, we'll take it one after the other. Now, this is what he says. That the Lord, that the God of our Father Jesus Christ and the Lord of glory may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. Now, these are the three prayers that he prayed. The very first prayer is that he will give us the spirit of wisdom and what? Revelation in the what? Knowledge of who? Of Christ. When that wisdom comes what does it gives us first he opens our eyes of what understanding that it becomes enlightened that is the first secondly he gives us reason to know what the hope of his calling number three and what is the what 
riches of what? The glory of what? Inheritance of who? The saints. I want you to look at that third part. Because that third part is what we had understanding of originally. That when God called us, he called us to a life of assurance and bountifulness. When God called you, now that we are Christians, do we have assurance that God is going to take care of our future? Do you have that assurance? Do we have that assurance? Are you sure that God can take care of your future? Are you sure that God can take care of your present? Are you sure that God can take care of your children? Now he's saying that there's something called the glory of the inheritance in the saints. Do you have an inheritance in God? I'm not getting response here. Do you think you have inheritance in God? So it means if we have inheritance in God, we know that God is going to supply all our needs according to what? His riches in what? In glory. So that is one of the knowledge that we had. That God is going to supply all our, rich, all our, uh, our needs in his riches in what? In his glory. Through Christ, what? Jesus. But what if or when it seems or the reality is set that those things that seem to be called the inheritance of the saints seems to be far reached from us. For instance, good health. For instance, the wealth of life. For instance, success in business areas. For instance, success even in our careers. This is what we knew when we were coming into Christ. When we were young children, this is what the pastors promised us. That when you come into Christ, you're going to be saved. And if you leave every other thing, every other thing shall be what? Added unto you. Were you told that? Or was I the only one? He says, seek ye first the kingdom of God. And every other thing shall be what? Added unto you. Stop chasing, stop using your time for things that are not fruitful. Use your th time in the things that pertains to the kingdom and God will take care of your businesses. Have you heard of that? Have you heard of that? Yes. Is that not the knowledge that we had? That we had inheritance in what? In the saints. Didn't you have that? So we had that understanding that we had inheritance in the saints. That when we are in the saints, that the Lord is going to supply all our needs according to what? His riches in glory. Has he been doing that good enough in all areas of our life? Yes, he has. But have we faced battle in all those areas? Yes or no? Yes. So when all these things don't seem to fall in places, does it affect our calling? Does it affect our original calling? Let's be practical now. So let's discuss. The knowledge were in three places. First, that our eyes may be opened, that we understand what is the hope of his calling, which we've forgotten before now. Secondly, that we may understand what is the riches of the glory in his inheritance, which we all know and which is what we are chasing. Verse 19 says, what is the exceeding greatness of his power towards us, which we also know. Now that the reality has faced us, that this inheritance is not coming as fast as we think. This inheritance is not coming to us as we expected it. In fact, the people of the world seem to be grabbing it faster than we do. Is that correct? Sometimes the people of the world seem to be grabbing it faster than we do. Does it in any way affect the hope that we had when he called us? 
That is the biggest question because that hope may be the only thing we are, hope, we are clinging on to. The faith of many have failed. That is why we don't even see them in church anymore. God promised them something. They held on to that with the word. They gave their life to it. The word came from the pulpit. They believed God that the Lord will be faithful concerning this thing. But things are not happening that same way. In fact, what they had have fallen off their grabs. The job they had before is no more. The businesses are falling. Yet God promised them he's going to increase them and he's going to bless them. And we told them, as long as you are faithful in your tithing and in your giving, the Lord will, will, will the canker one will not come unto you. But the canker ones are even coming unto their business, on the children and everything. And we are facing these temptations. Let's not play as if we are saints here. Are we not facing those temptations? Those temptations are coming so hard on us that we are even questioning what the word of the Lord is. It happens to me personally sometimes. And you ask God, could it be that I didn't hear you well in the first place? Could it be that I'm not putting things right? You know, you try to do your own word and your mathematics of the word. Okay, God said it. This is where pastor was standing when he said it. And I heard him clear, loud and clear that the Lord is going to do this. But he's not doing it. And you begin to question what you cannot even pray anymore. You are in the place of prayer. You, the words that are supposed that used to come before can't even. You can't find expression anymore. You've been praying for the same thing over and over, and it's not coming. Is it true? Does it happen? Yes, so you cannot even find expression. Even the spirit that's supposed to help you in your groaning, we've let the Holy Spirit. We can't. We're even groaning only by ourselves, but we cannot even find expression anymore, and it becomes difficult, and we begin to question. That very call that we had in the beginning. Now, I'm asking the second question now. Does it really happen that your Christian faith become questionable or your following God become questionable or the faith that you had from the very day you, you met God become questionable? Remember, this Christianity seems to come in one way. When we first meet him, all things seem to be very smooth. Have it happened to you? You just, you, this God, they promise, and everything seemed to be smooth at the beginning. They said, when you meet God, God is going to, and the needs were supplied. Christianity was sweet. You were preaching, responses were coming. In fact, when you preach to one person, five will follow. And then things are just, you're even helping others to pray. But now you cannot even pray out away yourself alone. Talk less of what? Praying for others. And so it becomes a challenge. And the faith that we have, Earlier before, seemed to be fizzling away, and the only thing that we have remaining seemed to be the hope that we had when he first called us. Let's just share before we go into the last area. Have your Christianity or your call ever been threatened by the things that are not in place at the moment? Amen. Let's just have two or three people, and if you have experiences to share, let's just have one or two, and then we'll delve in deeper. Anybody? At any point where you have the hope of your calling or your faith being questioned by the reason of the glory of inheritance not coming as much as we expected. Any person? Anybody here? Nobody. Let's experience of how you, what you expected or you've been riding on as far as Christianity is concerned seems to be fizzling away and then you seem to be questioning the very knowledge you had in the first place. Amen.
Can I can I say something? I think why everybody is quiet is everybody agrees. Because yeah, if you want to clap, clap. Because in our walk with God, there are times that we had faith for some things and the things didn't happen. And when that happens, it knocks our faith down. But what you are saying to us is the Bible says there is faith, there is hope, and there is love. And it said these things, these three things abide, they are important. So the argument may be that if my faith gets knocked out, it doesn't mean I'm out of the race if I can still hope. Is that not what we're talking about? As a matter of fact, can I read this um, scripture? Maybe multimedia will help us. Mark 9, verse 24. Mark 9, verse 24. This is a story of the child that had a demon that used to convulse him and throw him into fire. And when um, the Lord heard about him, and Jesus said to him in verse 23, um, Let's read verse 23 first. Jesus said to him, if you can believe, all things are possible to him that believe. That's the standard Jesus brought before him. Verse 24 says, immediately the father of the child cried out and said with tears, Lord, I believe. Help my unbelief. Jesus said, if you can believe, all things are possible. That's what I expect from you. The answer of the man is, Lord, I believe. Help my unbelief. When Jesus saw that the people were running together, he rebuked the ugly spirit, saying, Deaf and dumb spirit, command you to come out of him. And the spirit departed from the boy. Are you following me? Jesus said, all things are possible if you believe. And the man looked at Jesus and said, What does it mean when I say, I believe, help my unbelief? Is it faith or is it hope? I'm asking you here. Is but the man said, I believe now. I believe. Hey, get us to be. Eh. But just in case my faith is not strong enough, help my unbelief. And what did Jesus do? Did he send him up? Heal the boy. I hope that helps. Praise the Lord. Praise the name of the Lord. Now, the reality is that every point in time, what we seem to have held on to or believed before now will always be questioned. Now, I'm going to take us back to the book of Corinthians when the Bible says, and now abided what? Faith, hope, and what? And love. And he said, the greatest of all was what? Now, the question was, in the first place, why did God call us in the first place? Now, because when the scripture says, can a mother forsake a suckling child? The answer is supposed to be what? No. Is that supposed to be the answer? The question is, can a mother forsake a suckling child? Can it happen? The answer should naturally be what? No. And for what reason should the answer be no? For the sake of what? Let me hear you. For the sake of what? The answer naturally should be, a mother cannot forsake a suckling child. 
It's not because he gave birth to the child in pain, but because he, she carried the child for nine months. And we all know that for nine months, there is a bond that holds between a mother and a child in the womb. It becomes inseparable. In fact, science have taught us that when a child comes out, the child, even though the eyes are not open, can smell and feel the mother at birth. So the mother naturally should not forsake a suckling child because of the bounded love that, was come, that has come between two of them. But we've seen children in dustbins, haven't we? We've seen newborn babies in soccer ways. We've seen them on the streets and we've seen them dumped away. It's not because that mother did not have the love for that child. It's because she did not have faith in what is going to happen after he gives that birth. It could be the disgrace that will come upon her. It could be the fact that she's not sure if she could take care of the child. For so many reasons, mothers have threw away their children. And they have let go that original love that could have bounded them together. Now, what, what did God say to Israel? He said to Israel, can a mother forsake the suckling child? He said, the way I'm seeing it, maybe when God was making that statement, no mother had forsaken the child. But he saw a future in Nigeria and a world where children were left behind. And he said, even if in the future it does happen, that a mother will forsake a suckling child, even in future, if it does happen, that faith will go. Even if in future, that hope will be let go. Even in future, that things will not fall in places. He said, as for him and the Israelites, as for him and you. He says, one thing is going to keep us together. And he says, for I will never leave you or do what? Forsake you. He says, for you are like a child unto me. Now, if you understand that love, then you will understand the scriptures according to Romans chapter 8 and from verse 30. Now abided faith. Now abided hope. And now abided love. Faith have been tested and we've thrown away faith. The original reason why he called us in the beginning, remember? For God so did what? Love the world. That he what? gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him should not what? Perish. So originally what brought us to be saved was what? Was originally the concept of love. He's saying when you love me, then you will begin to have faith in what I say. And then the love had continued. A man married the husband because he first loved him. The more he understood him, he begins to believe in him. And then after five years in the marriage, the man begins to change. And what she had hope or the person she had faith in begins to, you know, do what she literally doesn't expect. But because of the love that are bounded between them, she has hope that even though this man is trained, he will come back. It's not because the hope is big enough. It's because there's something underlined in between called love. Romans chapter 8 verse 30 is going to blow your mind. He says, moreover, whom he did predestinate or predestined. How do we pronounce that? Predestined. Those who he predestined. Now, people always say that what that means is that God, if God didn't 
choose to save me. So there is nothing I can do. God, since he says he will not save me, he will not what? Ikukuma will not save me. So if God predestined to save 10 people, so maybe I'm not part of the 10 people, that's why I'm still outside the world. That is what people thought or think. But this is what he actually meant. Originally, he said, I'm going to save the Gentiles, which you and I fall into. Did we know that we are all Gentiles? Which of the Gentiles is going to save? We don't know. But we were all predestined to be what? To be saved. It doesn't mean anybody was bound for hell. So he said he's going to save all the Gentiles. So for as many that yield themselves to him will be saved. So he said for those he predestined, these he also was called. So the people he had in mind to save, he did what? He called. Remember we're talking about the hope of this call. So he already sent his son to die because he loved you. And so, because you yielded to that love, he called you and he says, those who receive this call are also what? Justified. And those who are justified will be what? Glorified. Now, still on the call, he says, verse 31, what shall we say then to these things? If God be for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his son, remember, he did not spare his son because of love. But delivered him up for us all. How shall he not with him freely give all things? Verse 33 says, Who shall then lay a charge against the God's elect if God has originally justified those he called? Who is he that condemneth? It is Christ who died, yea, rather, that is risen, who is even at the right side of the Lord. Now that God has called you because of his love, and during that love relationship, you have lost faith because you have tested his word and his word did not come to pass. And so all you have is that hope, maybe he will do it. The reason why you still have that hope is hinged on verse 35. And it says, what then shall separate you from me? What then shall separate you from the love of Christ? That original originated the call. Shall the tribulation you are facing shall it separate him? He's separating you. You are being separated from him because we are losing faith. But God is saying, keep on that hope. Whatever you do, that love is strong enough that I cannot what leave you. He says, with the tribulation you are facing, may God leave you. No. He says, with the distress. Is anybody facing distress here? Everyone at some point. He's saying, is the tribulation that we are facing, can those tribulations turn God from loving us? He says, no. He said, with persecution or famine. He went ahead and said, with nakedness or peril or the sword. He says, for as it is written, for, for thy sake we are killed all day long. Verse 37 says, nay, in all these things we are more than what? Conqueror. Through him who did what? Love us. Through him who did what? love us. Let me hear you. Through him who did what? Love us. So from the beginning, what God used to call us, the reason why he called us was because he did what? He first loved us. So when our faith fails, when our love, when our hope seems to be dwindling, the only thing that keeps us connected, the only thing that tells you within that maybe God can still do something is no more faith. 
The thing, what is in deep inside you that tells you just keep holding on God is not because you remember other people's experience. It's because there is a love in between you and God that keeps the bond together. That is why in the place of prayer we can say to the Lord, I have lost all faith. Even if I don't deserve what is on the table, yet at least for the love in which you call me, let the crumbs come unto me. So the scripture is then saying, if all these things will take away your faith from him, not in all these things will he take away the love that God had for you. Praise the name of the Lord. So verse 39 says, now you should know. That no height in this world or no depth, no other creature shall be able to separate us from the world, from the love of Christ. So when the love comes, is in the perfect place of telling you and reminding us of the place where grace has made itself abound to us. So the charge this evening is as we continue in God's work, even if our faith does fail, even if our hope seems to be dwindling, the encouragement this evening as we go... Just remember one thing, that he has loved us even whilst we were yet what? Sinners. He has loved you so much that even when perils come, tribulation comes, that love that he had, that he died for us, he says that love is what is going to make me come down to every level of hope that you fall to. He knew you have faith in the beginning. He knows he's going down and he's coming down with you to pick you up. And that's why the choir sing or sang on Sunday. He says he's going to leave the 99 and he's going to come for the one. If he does leave the 99 on to whose care? The shepherd leaves the 99 to whose care? A shepherd, we always had one shepherd back in those days taking care of all. When you read the story of David, David says he fought the bear or he fought the lion all by himself. He didn't have a, a partner. So if God will leave the 99, to whose care? But he says the 99 is saved because he loved them and called them. But one person don't seem to be saved, not because you don't feel safe. You are part of the hundred, but tribulations are coming, the faith doesn't exist. The trials are coming, the hope are going down. And you think that you do not love God. And truly, you begin to question, does God really love me? He says, I know what you are going through. The tribulations are bad. The times are not good. We begin to question, should I come to church? Is it worth it? I've prayed 29 days. I've prayed 365 days. On, on Friday, we are coming for another video. Does it really worth it? We've heard news of our brethren. Things are not going well. Even to us, we can count where we are. the checks are not made. And the Bible is saying, Romans is saying, in the beginning, the hope, the calling was because he loved you. And he says, don't lose hope of that call. He says that your eyes may be opened. Today your eyes are opened. That he called you because he what? He loved you. And he's going to remain with you because he does what? He keeps loving you. Praise the name of the Lord. What then shall separate us from the love of God? We're going to read that one more time and then we're just going to about round up. Verse 35. Who then shall separate? Remember, if you carefully read, he didn't say what shall separate. He says who. He understands tribulation is like a person. They are principalities and they are powers. He says shall tribulation, shall persecution, shall nakedness, shall peril, shall sword. Verse 37, nay in all these things, remember that we are more than conqueror. Verse 38, for this is the persuasion that we have. 
This is the persuasion that we have. That in all these things we are facing, neither death or life, nor angels or principalities or powers, nor things that are present or things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from whose love? From the love of the Lord. If you lose your faith and if for adventure you lose your hope, the Bible says, for now abided faith and now abided hope, but the greatest that keeps you bound is what? Is love. Praise the Lord. Now, what then is the hope of this calling? They were called originally because he loved us, and the hope that we hold on to for this call is the love of the Lord Jesus Christ. Praise the name of the Lord. Why don't you just celebrate the Lord one more time? Amen. I'm going to leave chance for contribution or question in the next maybe 10 minutes if there is any. Do we have any contribution or suggestion or questions at this point? No contribution, no suggestion. Praise the Lord. Okay, I was about to say, I hope with these few points of mind. Thank God, Pastor wants to say something. Can we read a scripture, Romans 15 and verse 13, and the scripture from the New Living Translation, it really blessed me, and it rekindled my hope, and hopefully it will strengthen my faith as well. Can we read together? It says, I pray that God, the source of hope, we fill you completely with joy and peace because you trust in him. Then you will overflow with confident hope through the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Praise the Lord. You want to say something? Praise the Lord. In fact, I had Romans chapter 15 verse 30 as a last passage to read today. Amen. It's written down here. Praise the Lord. So now that the senior pastor has read it, who am I to read it again? Amen. <laughs> Praise God. But let's just read it together because that is the last passage I wanted to read. Just to let you know that there is something called God in himself believes in his hope. Let's just read it together and have a better understanding as we go. Let's just read it. One, two, go. I pray that God... Now, this is a prayer of Grace Assembly. We did a prayer praise and prayer on Sunday, and it's hinged on knowing or letting us know that God is interested in the little hope that you have. So don't think that it, the fact that you've fallen out of faith doesn't mean we're falling out in the presence of the Lord. If what we have left is hope, God have love remaining for us. Even if the faith would diminish to the end, love can never cease. And it's now saying, this is a prayer of grace assembly, of the church to grace assembly. Let's read together. I pray that God, the source of what? Of hope, will fill you completely with joy and peace because what? You trust in him. Then you will overflow with confidence, hope through the power of the Holy Spirit. Why don't you rise to your feet this evening and just begin to worship the Lord in the fullness of these measures. We may have lost our faith and we may have lost our hope. There's a song that says, I will never lose my praise. The praise is a significance of the love that he shed for us on the cross. 
I will never lose my faith. I may lose, I will never lose my praise. I may lose my faith, which over time we have. We may lose hope, which over time we've also had. But we will never lose our praise. The praise of his love, the praise of his awesomeness, the praise of his glory, the praise of his, of his, of his being, of him being God on earth. Why don't you begin to pray unto the Lord and begin to praise him for the hope and the love in which he has given unto us and shared abroad. Why don't you sing him a song this evening? Just begin to praise him for the love that he has for us. Just sing him a song and praise the Lord God high. Just want to praise you, Lord. And I lift my hands to say, I love you and
Yes, O Lord in heaven, we thank you for this evening. We thank you for the assurance of your word to us. And of a truth we know that nay in all these things we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. Lord, we may be going through the difficult times of our lives, but we know that we are more than conquerors and we will overcome in the name of Jesus. Our faith has filled us, Lord. And Lord, but we thank you for the love that was shared abroad and we thank you because that love remained on us in the name of Jesus. For of a truth we are persuaded that in all these things, neither in death nor life, nor in angels or principalities or powers, neither in height or neither in depth or neither in any creature, that nothing shall be able to separate us from the love of God. And we thank you, O Lord, that even if we lose our faith, thank you, Lord, because you shall grant us grace to go back to the place of faith in the name of Jesus, that we may be able to understand in the fullness of measures what the hope of the calling was, which was originally hinged on love. Thank you for this love. Thank you because this love has called us. And we thank you because this love will give us the hope and the future that is promised unto us. Blessed be unto your name, precious Lord. Be glorified in the heavens and be glorified in the earth. For in Jesus' mighty name we have prayed. Praise the name of the Lord. And the saints of the Lord will celebrate the Lord. Just celebrate the Lord in the fullness of his measures. The hope of his calling. The love of the Lord. Praise the name of the Lord.